Hello and welcome to this edition of Colin on Cars, where we talk about all things automotive. Later in the show, we'll be talking about micro-sleep and some of the other issues facing drivers as traffic volumes on our roads increases now we're down to lockdown level one. But first, some product news. Volkswagen has had a busy week with two new products introduced to the market. The first is the special edition Volkswagen Polo Mswenko that is available at dealerships from October the 20th. Now, Mswenko is an Isizulu expression for the slang word swag when it's used as a description of the person's attitude and confidence. A self-confident and stylish person is said to have swag. Mswenko, which is unique to South Africa, refers to a person's style, attitude and general demeanor. It's based on the 1.4-litre, 63-kilowatt comfort line manual and is recognisable by side decals, a chrome exhaust, uh, 16-inch portable alloy wheels in anthracite, a black-painted roof, privacy glass and mirror covers. Inside, it looks different with unique features such as the new ocean blue seats, anthracite headliner, silver dashboard inserts, app connect, six speakers and a leather package. The second product is the new Caravelle range, including a flagship by turbo two-liter diesel four motion. I was not on the launch event, so haven't had a chance to drive the car, but based on other models with the four motion drive system, I'd wager this is an eminently capable vehicle. What did jump out at me was the price tag of 1.14 million. Consider the latest iteration of the Pajero Sport at 609,000 Rand and the Toyota Prado 3-litre DT at just over a million Rand, with both of those full-house 4x4 vehicles compared to the 4-motion all-wheel drive system. Hopefully I can get my hands on a Caravelle to find out what makes it so valuable. Another thing that jumped out at me this week was a comment made by the managing director of Master Drive, Eugene Herbert, about the dangers of microsleep, and he joins me now to tell us more. Welcome, Eugene. What on earth is microsleep, and why is it a problem for drivers? If I can just speak to it in general terms, it's part of fatigue, and inevitably will come about as a result of fatigue when a person's inability to keep awake. And in the context of what we're talking about, it's obviously drivers. It's those milliseconds of closing of the eyes or the brain fading into oblivion that ensures that there's no connectivity with reality. Now, if it's happening for for a millisecond, it may not be too much of a problem because if you're traveling at 120 kilometers an hour, 33, uh, 33 meters a second, a millisecond as maybe you've covered, you know, five meters or something, which may not be the end of the world. But think about it in the larger context that microsleep gradually progresses further where it's not just a millisecond, it's a second or two. And if I've just given you the, the instance of how far we travel at a certain speed, so much can happen. I've just watched a video on another webinar where a truck driver fell asleep behind the wheel and he hit head on with a 25-seater taxi. I think there was 19 fatalities. So whilst in itself, it may not seem a big problem to you and I, I'm still driving. But the consequences that could happen as a result of that are so horrific. And I wouldn't want any driver to have that on their conscience. So what would cause micro sleep? I mean, most of us have done it. We sit in front of the television and have that little nod off and wake up again. Is 
that kind of micro sleep and what causes it and how can we recognize it? That could well be part of it, but inevitably, if you want to trace it to its cause, is lack of adequate rest. I think the experts tell us that an adult should be sleeping six to eight hours a night, but that's not waking up every half an hour or every hour or so. It's adequate sleep. So the one thing that we can do is ensure that we get adequate rest. Now, that rest must also be in an ideal environment. Now, I'm not a sleep expert and we don't pretend to be that. But if necessary, one must consult with one's physician. Maybe the environment one is sleeping in is not conducive to getting adequate rest. If there's loud music, if there's too much light, and a number of other factors. In fact, even the bed could be uncomfortable. And taking a two-hour sleep on the couch can hardly be considered as adequate rest. In fact, when we start speaking to the challenges that long-distance drivers have, sleeping in the cab of a truck is adequate. At least they're getting some rest. But if that's combined with a bad diet, they can, as a result of that, uh, fall into those situations where they're having moments of sleep. And the one research I was doing, if a person hasn't been sleeping for up to 19 hours, I think, and think some of our heavy truck drivers do that, that is equivalent to a BAC level of 0.05, which is the limit that anybody should be having under current legislation before they should be driving. So, if you are tired, you will experience that. It's not a matter of, of will I or won't I. You will inevitably. Obviously, health plays a factor. Age plays an important component. But the thing that we would strongly suggest is get adequate rest. And the quality of the rest is important. All right. Obviously, that's one thing. What else should drivers be looking out for now having moved down to level one after quite a lengthy layoff from being involved in metropolitan traffic? We can talk about metropolitan traffic, but if I can talk a little bit further than that as well, what we've noticed, and enough, I'll give you what happened to me personally, after six weeks started driving again, and bear in mind, please, we started uh, working on the 4th of May as a result of us providing services to essential service operators. On the road for the first few times, I found I was driving at 100 kilometers an hour. <laughs> That's not me. I'm normally driving at 100 and, you know, sometimes you're a little bit over there. But I found that being off the road for that extended period of time had allowed habits to change. And therefore, one of the things that we need to do is accept that our long-term muscle memory with regard to how we engage in driving behavior has been affected. Now, for the guys who started driving immediately that it became available or drove during lockdown, they are at a certain advantage in one way. In one way, they've still got all their muscle memory. They're used to driving on certain roads. Now, those drivers have been off the road for five months. So one can expect that the quality of their driving is going to be really suspect. On the other hand, those drivers that were working during COVID-19, typically companies brought down their level of staff, and the good drivers landed up working longer hours. So that's what we've seen as a result of COVID. And of course, the other thing that we've noticed is that people's bad habits have crept in again. Lack of attention, failing to be aware of other traffic on the road. And certainly we know that there's more pedestrians on the road walking under the influence that we need should show consideration for. All very fascinating. So what else is happening out there that we as drivers should know and company fleet managers and company owners should be aware of with people getting back into cars. 
Thanks for raising that, Colin, because what we've noticed is that uh, obviously companies are so committed and dedicated to ensuring that COVID policies are in place, et cetera, trying to protect employees. In some instances, they've failed to pay and give adequate attention to other aspects of safety. So whilst we may be talking to fleet managers, we should be talking to health and safety managers as well, because these are individuals who are, whose tasks are onerous to say the least, but in times such as this, really step up to the plate. Just recently, I interviewed the health and safety manager for DHL and who looks after the whole of Africa. And here is a company that I really admire because they have not neglected other aspects of safety, notably driving, and they're still committed to upskilling and ensuring that the standard of driving is safe. Now, remember, we're not just talking about the drivers who drive for work. People are using their cars less. Yes, more and more people are working from home, but we still have a moral obligation to ensure that when they engage with other motorists on the road, their health and safety is protected. And in addition to that, we see that some management teams are not taking the lead, and we would strongly encourage them to take the lead in showing how they deal not only with COVID, but with the broader issues of safety and in particular road safety. Awesome. Thank you so much for all of that. Now, don't forget, you can get this and more on www.colinoncars.com. And do not forget the hyphens between each word. Stay safe out there and do not forget to buckle up. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.